And now, because you didn't ask for it, but we're going to give it to you anyway, it's time for Attack of the Killer Podcast in Space! When we last left the crew of the USS AOTKP, they had crash-landed headfirst on the planet Uranus. That's right, they now have their heads up Uranus. They were under attack from an unknown assailant from the deepest, darkest black hole. They managed to wipe away the threat as they approached Uranus, but soon discovered... Klingons. As the crew collected themselves and surveyed the damage to the ship, they all asked themselves, why such cheap, obvious jokes? Will you try writing this stuff every single episode? In space! On this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast! 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 Attention planet Earth and beyond! Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Captain's Log, episode 227. I am Captain Insane Mike of the USS AOTKP. Our current mission involves exploring films that take place in space. The crew and I have trained for years to explore the deepest, darkest depths of the universe to discuss horror movies within a certain topic. Mostly our travels are peaceful, but however, once in a while we are encou- we encountered the dreadful spoilers. So be warned. You too can serve the universe by joining our very own Starfleet and become an attacker. An attacker may not get you a phaser, but it is so much better. Being an attacker gets you the opportunity to get all kinds of benefits to being a fan of Attack of the Killer podcast. If you go to if you go to jointheattackers.com, you can get an official membership certificate and membership card, bonus episodes, so that you can get the show once a week, unlike every other week, like those mere mortals. You can also get early bird access to the main episodes, so you have bragging rights to all your friends. You can also get shout-outs on the show, the website, and our social media. You can get Ask us a question for a topic for the bonus episode, a playlist of the music from Attack of the Killer podcast, Insane Mike's One Minute Top Ten List video series, weekly video updates from the crew, our monthly video series, Killer Critiques. You can even get a Killer Podcast t-shirt. You can get also get Mikey's Monsters, where I draw you as a monster of my choice, and even be part of our monthly horror hangout show and tell. Does any other podcast offer you that much extra content for supporting their show? Not that I've seen. Honestly, I really haven't really looked that hard. So go to jointheattackers.com, pick the tier for you, and get the bonus content you deserve. Again, that's jointheattackers.com and become an official attacker today. I don't think I have officially welcomed you to our ship yet. This is the USS AOTKP, and this is my crew. He likes his coffee like he likes his Jedi Alliance on the dark side. Chief Medical Officer Tad. (laughs) Thank you for having me. His favorite dish at the Star Wars-themed Canadian restaurant is Emperor Pal Poutine, my second-in-command, Senior Officer, General, Lieutenant, Junior Captain, Major Commander, Part 2, Jason. (laughs) 
Hey, everybody. Of course, as soon as you said poutine, I hoped that it was me. So <laughs> thank you. Welcome aboard, everyone. In space, no one can hear you do Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions. You're in charge to here in charge of bringing the chips, Andy. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You know, well, for Total Recall, that's a space movie too. So I should have mentioned that, yeah. but uh, in the bonus episode, but uh, give these people air. <laughs> and the episode's special guest star, the crew member in the red shirt who gets to go on the planet <laughs> surface first, Greg Amortis from the podcast from another mother, Land of the Creeps. What's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> I'm flying high tonight, baby. How's it going, Greg? Wonderful. Thank you for the invite onto the spaceship. You're I'm welcome. coming in from the Padawan side and <laughs> coming in on the, I'm using the force tonight, so we're hiding, we're hiding. Awesome. Greg and Mortis, it's been forever. We miss you, buddy. What have you been up to? Dude, about 5'11 and <laughs> probably about 20 pounds heavier uh. and, and doing great, doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the folks at home a little bit about your podcast. Oh, man. Well, you know, Land of the Creeps Horror Podcast. We're insane, Mike, Jason. We've we've been together forever and in a day. We are brothers from another mother. Um, now, we're doing good, man. We're on episode 240 now, and we're doing our Women in Horror Month. Uh, we just record an episode every two weeks, and we go and have fun. Big Bill Van Vagel and Dr. Shop Dave Becker. Uh, so, yeah. We're just, we're just trying to kick it, buddy. Awesome. Yes. And you can hear Land of the Creeps right here on the uh, Prescribed Films Podcast Network. Um, yes, sir. And it's great having you on your network. I mean, we, yes, we have known you. You are our first real podcast friend we've real. ever made <laughs> you know, way back in the day when we were on that other network together. So, yeah, that, yeah, we're not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's great great having you back on the show, man. Thank you, buddy. I always enjoy being with you guys. Tad, Andy, what's up? Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the Arnold impersonation. Yeah. Quick, yeah. to the job. What's <laughs> up? You're welcome. Uh-oh. We have an enemy ship approaching. It appears to be a normie battle cruiser. The normies are an annoying race that believes the remake of nightmare on elm street is better than the original because the original doesn't have cgi the normies think jason was the killer in the halloween movies normies believe a24 is a vitamin supplement (laughs) normies think butcher knives are actually meant to be used in the kitchen and lastly normies also think all the best horror movies are on netflix well the normies couldn't be any more wrong and it's part of our mission to prove it we must counterattack. Set Shudder to kill. Shudder <laughs> is the best defense against normies. Shudder is the streaming service for all things horror. Movies, shows, documentaries, podcasts. Shudder has a huge catalog, and they are constantly adding, a- adding more and more content. So don't be a normie. Sign up for Shudder today. To help keep you from being assimilated into becoming a normie, just like the Borg, you can get your first <laughs> month of Shudder for free thanks to the crew here at the USS AOTKP. If you enter our promo code AOTKP, you can get a month of Shudder for free on us. So do it. Check it out. You'll be hooked and you'll become a subscriber in no time. Dad, Dad, do you read me? You're needed on the bridge because it's time for what we watched. 
I'm here. Over. Um, let's go right over to Andy. What have you watched recently? Okay, Nanu Nanu. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um I watched a uh, a new a new 2020. Uh, well, not it's. I know it's 2021, but uh, this wasn't on our list uh, last year. It's called Open 24 Hours. Have you guys heard of this? No, what's that? I've heard of it, but haven't seen it. Um, it's it's not bad it's not you know outst- outstanding but it's it's about this girl who's uh fresh out of prison and she takes a job um at this 24 hour gas station in Missouri and uh the reason why she's on parole is because she set her boyfriend on fire but the story behind that is uh he was a serial killer and unbeknownst to her unbeknownst to her she finds all these bodies in her basement and after this she's got like some severe PTSD and she doesn't know what you know some she hallucinates a lot but it turns out is she really hallucinating these things or is it really happening and it all takes course over uh 24 hours it's not bad it's it's worth it's worth a watch um not really outstanding but i've seen much worse um, I also watched, uh, the documentary that, uh, I think Tad suggested this at some point. It's on prime. It's called last of the great, uh, action heroes documentary. Yes. It's about over, over two hours. I mean, it's really informative. It's, it's really, really good stuff. Uh, and they, they touched upon, you know, just how prevalent these, these guys were like in the eighties and how, uh, how it kind of started out, you know, in the '60s, you know, with with the Cowboys and stuff like that, and you know, and Charles Bronson kind of got the ball rolling in the '70s, and how it really took off in the '80s, and basically, you know, the only guys we got now are kind of like sort of The Rock and Jason Statham and Scott Atkins and like that, uh, but yeah, they focus heavily on you know Stallone and. Schwarzenegger and Van Damme, Chuck Norris and stuff like that. But if you're a fan of those films growing up like like I was, you'll be really entertained by this. Um, for the first time, I watched uh, uh, Wes Craven's uh, Swamp Thing because oh, nice. I I just di- I just dig the character. I I had never seen it. Um, I need to watch the uh, international version because you know this PG thing was just you know, pardon the expression, way too watered down. Um, and well, and I I I enjoyed it. AKA, um, he wants to see Adrian Barbeau's boobs. Who doesn't? Um, and the last thing that I watched, and this was this is uh this is a hard watch because it's just really freaking disturbing. But I watched the four part Netflix series of uh, Richard Ramirez's Night Stalker, and that's uh that's pretty intense shit. Uh. Real, real nasty dude. I mean, I knew some of the stuff that he did was bad, but this sheds more. This talks about more of the stuff that he did, aside from just being just a real piece of dog shit. Uh, but yeah, those are, those are the four things that that I watched that I wanted to talk about, and I suggest them all. I caught the very end of the last uh, episode because Nikki was watching it right before we 
um, recorded. So I like I already sort of know the story, but I you know don't know it in detail like the series was showing. I found what I did watch like the half hour I watched very interesting. So I'll probably start it. Yeah. Mm. there's 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 more there's more stuff that he did aside from murders that is just it's it's so uh, probably worse than murder yeah yeah that these people have (laughs) to live through i mean just he's yeah he was a real pile of dog shit all right speaking of dog shit jason go ahead hey (laughs) wait a minute (laughs) you son of a bitch so So yeah, I guess he uh, he mentioned that we you know we just did our big year end show and and there was no mistaking my favorite film was Wolf of Snow Hollow and I you know I told you I couldn't wait to go watch it again and so I got really excited to go watch it again but then I was like well you know maybe I'll watch um, his first movie first because I'd been I'd been kind of listened to three or four other podcasts with Jim Cummings on it. And it was just great hearing them talk. And they, you know, always talk about Thunder Road a lot in them too. And Ted said it was great. So I finally gave it a shot and it's free on Amazon prime. And it's of course fantastic. Really great. It was probably too soon for me to watch. It was about a guy who lost his mom and how hard that is. That's pretty tough, but I still recognize it's brilliance same thing you know just the, his sense of humor is just the funniest fucking thing ever for not being a straight comedy in either of those movies so then i watched wolf of snow hollow best movie of the year and um it was just as good again it's just so god dang funny and then uh tina uh and i watched uh rent a pal finally got to check that Sweet. out mm-hmm. yeah that movie's fucked <laughs> and it's awesome. Not your uh, stereotypical Will Wheaton film, huh? No, it isn't. Yeah, you're right. I'm glad he wasn't. He was, yeah. Him being Will Wheaton was a, a it was good for him in that movie. But yeah, oh my gosh. What a great, oh man. That's a, that's a fun one. The more that movie sits with me, the, the more and more I like it. I need to do a rewatch of it. I feel like, I don't know how many list at all. I don't even remember. I know it was on Dustin's. Um, it. Oh my god, it wasn't on my list because. Oh jeez, I thought you liked this movie. Oh, I do. I that was almost, way up there on Dustin's. It. It maybe should have. Number uh, three. It definitely should have been on my list. The more more that movie sits with me. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu. It's freaking fantastic. It's creepy and weird and retro and stylized and lonely and sad and. It's creepy and it's it's scary. It's good. Yeah, I was worried weird, about. It's like not a normal movie. I was worried about you watching it in general because I know how you are with like movies where the protagonist never catches a break. And this has that. This it has is, it. This is one of those movies where the protagonist finally catches a break, but he he is his own worst enemy and just ruins it. Yeah, I thought that would have set you off. No. Yeah, I mean it. Yes, but it wasn't, there wasn't just endless amounts of it. It wasn't so too bad, but yeah, he screws himself up plenty of times. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely good. And then I guess lastly, the only other thing I've been watching is just the other day, Tad's like, hey, you check out this toy show on Amazon Prime? And I'm like, what? Tell me now. 
<laughs> and uh, it's called A Toy Store Near You. Oh, I I just watched, Brandy and I just watched Marathon That. Yeah, it's like four or five episodes for two seasons. They're like 20 minutes a piece. And what was awesome, besides the show being awesome, because they basically just take a crew into, they just pick a store in the world, in the U.S., some overseas, and they just go in, talk about the store. It's very modern, so it's kind of really they, all about COVID yeah, and how it's it, affected the store. Yeah, it really um, focuses on, like, COVID and how the, these stores are dealing with it. and But each store kind of picks their top five toys they have and, and what brought them to collect toys and, and start a toy store. And that's freaking awesome. And what was awesome, awesomer is that um, episode four of season two was a store that X-Ray Mary has planned two or three tours around. We've been to that store several times and it was so cool to see it it's in kokomo indiana it's a really kind of high-endy clean are you making a face are you trying to remember it i think we only watched one season oh there's two like five or six episodes yep there's and i thought that was it oh no there's a second season on there oh my god i know let's go watch some more i gotta go tell brandy i'll be right back but uh, yeah, so it was, it was really great, and any you know, it, uh, collecting toys is so freaking fun, and it's any time to see that kind of stuff, I just love it. So that I also watch that. Well, what's cool is that um, there's also in that first season, there's that store in in, in um, Kansas that uh, that Mockingbird Lane store, um, which is more horror themed toys hmm. and, and whatnot. And, uh, like, like Brandy has met those guys before. Cause they, they would, you know, they would be at like Crypticon and they would, you know, do a lot of the, the horror convention, horror and sci-fi conventions in the, um, in the Missouri area and Kansas area. Cool. Yeah. So that's, that's what I watched. Yeah, it was like a little, uh, I, I love the show because it felt very indie. Like it didn't feel polished. Like a lot of stuff you'll see on Netflix and stuff. Like I love the toys that made us and the movies that made us. Um, but I noticed when I was watching the new season, the Christmas ones for the movies that made us, uh, it's felt so, um, produced and polished and edited like overly for like short attention spans or something that it was jumping so hard that I was like, it just felt, um, I don't even know how, like ADD, like it was just, wild how much they cut with that and and with this show i felt like um even the filming and the like the production in general was very indie like your friends could have made it which i actually appreciated because they you know focus on things that don't normally get attention on these types of shows yeah so uh i i enjoy i need to i haven't uh finished it i just got two episodes down and it's one of those things I like to uh, wind down, like lay down yep, for bed and exactly. turn on. Uh, yeah. So I try to like save those types of things because when I'm done, I get sad. So, uh. <laughs> well, Brandy and I have managed to turn each episode into like an hour and a half long because we'll every time they're talking against a wall of toys, we'll pause it and just like <laughs> and just oh, yeah. shop the store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's what you watched. Let's kick it over to Greg Amortis. What have you watched recently? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I actually just finished Pearl and I finished the, uh, Netflix series, uh, night stalker last night ourselves. Oh, and, yeah. 
that that was really interesting. Much like you, you guys, I did know a lot of what was going on, but they did get really detailed, and I loved that. Uh, so great series, I, I recommend it. Um, we're still gearing up for our top twenty, so or top ten, not twenty. <laughs> Shoot, we're not doing twenty, we're doing ten. Uh, our top ten episode, but um, I did finally watch the uh, hashtag Alive on Netflix. Um. Love that film, man. Zombie Asian Street. film is so good, man. God. Claustrophobic. Well, I wouldn't call it claustrophobic. Well, I guess it is claustrophobic. I don't know, man. It's just like you're stuck in a hotel and, or a house, condo, whatever, and zombies down below you and you're trying to survive. Great movie, man. Love that movie. Part Shin High. She was awesome. Uh, watched one on Shudder. You, you just mentioned Shudder earlier. I love Shudder, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a 2014 flick. I watched it because I thought it was brand new, and <laughs> it's not. It's 2014, <laughs> so it won't make my list. But uh, damn, God, uh, why did they even put that? No, anyways, uh, it's a Dutch <laughs> film called Cub. Have you seen Cub? Love Seems that like, movie. That was a good, 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 good film. Uh, we watched that one and uh, loved it, man. Loved the mask. But, man, we've just been watching a lot of 2020 horror. And not that Cubs 2020, but, yeah, that's what we've been doing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out this year for sure. Absolutely. Can't wait to see your list, man. Heck, yeah. Yeah, don't spoil anything for us because uh, we want to actually listen. Okay. <laughs> I, I won't tell you Cubs on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, g- go back and change your 2014 list and add Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amended. Amended the yeah, list. Amended. <laughs> I think that leaves you, Mike, right? Um, yep. What have you watched yep. recently? Um, well, I haven't had a chance to really watch anything new to me. What's awesome about uh, like having a girlfriend that is like-minded like me and shares a lot of similar interests is... You know, How dare you insult her like that? Right. <laughs> like there could be a mind close to yours. Like right? we, we get to introduce like films and stuff that we've seen or we love to each other and... And of course, I always go for the otter stuff. That like otters, those are adorable. Yeah, right. Um, so we we just recently uh, watched The Pit. She got to see that for the first yeah. time. Freaking love that movie. It's, it's so bizarre, insane. I think we've done it on the show years ago. Yeah. Um, but just about this like obnoxious little <laughs> kid that everybody freaking hates, and he's like perv, pervy, pervy kid. Now, there's a lot of really wrong things going on in this movie, but his teddy bear talks to him, and mm-hmm. he um, knows about a pit in the woods that has Cro-Magnon monsters in the bottom of the pit that he feeds people to, uh, to these monsters. And it's, it's the premise alone, doesn't it just doesn't make sense and it's a great fun movie. When and you it, said the pit, I thought you were gonna you were referencing uh, Cronenberg's Rabbit. You know, the thing. Pit. yeah, there you go. <laughs> I thought he was talking about his childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I also um, had her watch uh, Dead Don't Die. And I feel, yeah. I feel, I feel vindicated because she, she really, really liked it. And Good. this was my second viewing of it, wondering if it was going to still hold up for me. And I still really love this movie. I may mm-hmm. love it even more now that I, have a you know know what has transpired i can appreciate it more but man that movie's great yeah so so fun i mean it's it's it starts off pretty slow but you get some of those weirdo out of nowhere meta moments where they're listening to the song and and they're talking about how it's the soundtrack to the movie and stuff like that or the yeah. 
in the big climactic moment of them them being surrounded by zombies and and Bill Murray's like, how come you're not, you know, how come you never get excited over this stuff? And the guy's like, well, I read the script, you know, and you're like, and you're like, what is? And because it's not a movie that's just overloaded with meta moments like that, no. but or fourth fourth wall breaking moments. So when those pop up, it's just even more amazing than than a movie that does it throughout. So. The one movie I did get to watch uh, that is new to me, although I finally at least finished it anyway, um, I didn't get it done in time for our 2020 episode, um, but I finally got through Spontaneous. Yay! Yeah. And it's awesome. Um, you know, it, it didn't go in a direction that personally fits my tastes. It's still a great movie, great movie, fun, bloody as hell. Um, it just gets a little darker at the end, and I, you know, I had a little issues with some of the pacing in the third act, but uh, uh, you know, it definitely gets more grim and dark. And you know, a, a, a movie with a goofy premise of you know high school students spontaneous combusting. I was kind of hoping for it to continue to be more goofy and lighthearted like the first half, but yeah, it gets pretty heavy. It does get heavy in the second half, but still a great movie. Still a great movie. Amazing performances. Um, cool effects yeah that's got to be cool that you know you got this girlfriend now and she's it's such a different she comes from such a different culture a different part of the world you know missouri so <laughs> to be able to share new things with her that's pretty cool i'm oh, wow. happy for you light years away <laughs> have you shown her anything that she didn't like yet has there been a moment where she's like uh, i'm really sorry to tell you but that sucked well, we'll get into that when we talk about the movies for this episode. Uh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You bet your ass. Um, but no, but seriously, I'm trying to think. Uh, I know there has been some that. Really? Because she likes Microwave of, Massacre. So what kind of freakazoid person are you? I can't think of any off the top of my head, Brian. but I know there's been some. But she's actually surprised me with movies that 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 she actually loves that I love. Like. She has become me in the fact that, oh, we can't find anything else to watch when going to bed. Ah, let's put in Neon Maniacs again. We put in Neon Maniacs all the time. She's a Neon Maniacs maniac. Awesome. All right, Ted, what have you watched? <laughs> well, if you love her, don't make her watch Clounter, guys. Right. <laughs> That's the true test. If she stays through after Clounter, <laughs> guys, <laughs> put a ring right. on it. <laughs> um, I watched. That, does that mean I need sorry. to marry all you guys? Because you've stuck around it. Anyways, hold on. Um, hold on. There we go. <laughs> I'm glad you had that. <laughs> you need like um one yeah. of the dun uh All right, I'll get sounds. that for next episode. Yes. Um. Sure, anyways, the toilet paper, Mike. <laughs> what I have watched recently, I watched a movie that's been on my list for a while, and I'm not going to talk too much about it because. Um, by the time this episode you're currently listening to is out, um, I will have a podcast out about this specific movie and my thoughts on it. And it's uh, Fire in the Sky from 1993. Ooh, Ooh cool. yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. Yes. Uh, yeah. I've never seen it. Like I said, it's been on my list and my guest had never seen it. We both watched it for the first time and uh, go deep into it. So uh, tune into the first time podcast and hear what I have to say about that one. Uh, other than that, I went on a run, a terror this weekend. Friday night, oh I could God. not go to sleep. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me. I was up till 5 a.m. and I just was knocking them out. And I was on a run. Like every time I watched a movie, I was stoked to see a new, another one and another one. Um, so 
Uh, this one just came out like this fr- past Friday um, called Don't Tell a Soul. And it has Rain Wilson and Mina Savari in it oh. in roles that you would never, ever expect either of them to play. Uh, Mina Savari plays a mom who's um, addicted to pain pills, um, single, uh, sick, sort of out of work. She sits at home and chain smokes and uh, t- pops pills and watches Fox News and she can't work. So um, her she has two sons, a 17 year old and a 14 year old, and they're, you know, typical brothers fighting all the time. But the 14 year old always looking up to 17 year old. They're trying to figure out a way to, and this is all within the first few minutes. This is not a spoiler on this movie. Um, they're trying to figure out how to help pay for mom's medical bills because they're not doing so well. And they decide to break into this. Uh, the, the older brother convinces the little brother to break into this house and steal this old lady's cash from her uh, dresser while the house is being fumigated. Um, they're running away from the house thinking they pulled off the perfect crime and they run into Rain Wilson, who is a security guard of the neighborhood. And uh, he chases them through the woods. He falls into an old well and that's where I will leave it. It gets Ooh. wild from there. Um, huh. And man, this one really surprised me. I, I, it took some turns. I didn't necessarily enjoy. I thought it dragged a little, I mean, it didn't drag it, There's definitely no boring moments of this movie, but, um, I loved it. It's awesome. Uh, I wish Rain Wilson would have become the star that he should have. Um, He had that one sort of flop. What was it like Rockabilly or something? I don't remember what it was called, but he he had like one lead role that in a movie that flopped and they never really let him back into Hollywood. Like he does a lot of TV and a lot of guest spots and and smaller roles, but I I think he's a really good actor. It's hard to imagine her as like an adult. I know that's what was weird about it. She was like on the couch and they made her try to make her look frumpy and stuff. I'm like, she's still hot. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, having like her having a 17 year old, uh, son in this movie, but it was really great. It had that sort of coming of age, like super dark times feeling. Mm, Um, yeah, it's very, very good. Uh, It's mostly about the relationship between the two brothers and how they handle this situation of this uh, guy who was chasing them is now stuck in this hole in the ground. Um, Does she look as nasty? I'm sorry to interrupt. I was just curious if if Mina Savari looked as nasty as she did in Spun in this movie. Um, Not quite as over the top, but... um, they, You know, she's a single mom who's struggling. She's very sweet, um, but she's just always like paranoid about her kids and she's watching the news all the time. So it's very modern, but um, I thought it was really, really good. So check that out. Um, Watched a new shutter original that just dropped called hunted. Uh, That was fucking awesome. Uh, If you don't have shutter, I don't know why you're listening to this, but uh, (laughs) next time you're on shutter, do not hesitate to watch hunted. It reminded me in a very subtle way of, Revenge, which is one of their like oh, staple films, but this is even wilder, guys. Like this is fucking wild. Whoa! Like uh, I'm man. watching it. Um, <laughs> gosh, what's the I'm what? Oh man, I'm drawing drawing a blank right now. What's the guy's name? Um, Dan Hample, the, the the lead actor in this movie, reminds me so much of Hample. Swat. Like, wow. oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Um, basically, the, the premise is is really simple. This woman who's like a in charge of a construction site, um, goes out for a drink one night and forgets her phone at her hotel room. Some dudes pick her up, um, you know, and offer her some drinks. She gets a little too drunk and, um, that's where the hunt starts. Um, 
it switches back and forth, you know, like the cat and mouse. And now the mouse is chasing the cat. It goes back and forth quite a bit. It's awesome. Bloody, violent, um, takes turns that you'd never, ever guess. Unpredictable. I loved it. Check it out. Highly recommend that. Um, I watched Synchronic, which is a new uh, movie from the guys who did Spring. And what was the other one, Jason? Uh, uh, the time travel Oh, shit. Well, yeah, I'm drawing a blank. God damn. But uh, it's, it's two directors that have done some really great stuff. And uh, Synchronic, it made Nikki cry. It's about um, synthetic drugs. And it's these two paramedics who ride in ambulances. Um, they keep finding these uh, people that are suffering from injuries or death from things that don't make any sense. Like a woman is bit by a snake that um, is like no longer, it, it's like doesn't exist. It's extinct. Um, someone has like a weapon, like a an injury from a weapon that is from like old times. And they start to realize like, how the fuck is this happening? And they're realizing it's linked to these synthetic drugs that, that people are taking. Um, really fantastic mind bender. Really cool. Um, highly recommend it. And then I watch Hunter Hunter with Devin Sawa, another brutal um, movie about a survivalist out in the woods. I won't talk too much about this one because I'm just trying to blow through them, but this was really cool. This was came out, I think, in December, so it was right at the end of the year. Um, really good one. Yeah. I've, I, I've heard I, it's really good from a buddy of mine. Yeah. It didn't mean worth it all. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil anything from this one, but uh, nope. I, I highly recommend it, too. It has some twists and turns. And then my final one that I loved and top recommended movie, probably my favorite movie. Um, and I, I can't remember, like, I mean, it came out in 2020. Technically they're calling it a 2020 movie. I just watched it, but um, probably my favorite movie I've seen in a year or so. Uh, Promising young woman. Very, mm. very wild. Uh, I, I was blown away. I had kept hearing great things and everybody saying it's fantastic. And so, so heavy. Yeah, so I tried, you know, I decided to check it out last night, and both me and Nikki just fucking loved it. Like, I can't, I, I don't even want to talk about this one because I <laughs> need, don't watch a trailer, don't look at a poster, don't read the synopsis, just go watch it. If you don't like it, um, you can punch me in the nuts. That's okay. Uh, I recommend it so much. I, I, I don't even know. On Netflix, it, right? Um, I don't think so. No, that's like oh, pieces, pieces of a woman. Oh, it's available it for like, it's like in some theaters now. So it's like rent to rent oh, right, right. at home type thing. I, this one's going to be up for some awards for sure. So that's what I watched. All right. Well, thank you, Tad. Oh, man, there was this arcade game from the early eighties. I, I can't remember the name of it. it. It was a racing game. It was made by Namco. God, what was the name of it? They even made a Saturday morning cartoon out of it. Why can't I remember the name of this game? Oh, well, while I'm trying to figure out, here's Jason with Pole Position. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of Pole Position. Oh, Mikey. Oh, Mikey. Oh, I got it. It was Dig Dug. That's it. Uh, So on today's (laughs) Pole Position... Uh, we were asked the question, what is your favorite space horror movie? Yeah. So we, and, and if you listen to last week's bonus episode, you'll learn that some of us you thought didn't like uh, sci-fi movies <laughs> are really into it. And some people are so um, earth 
friendly only. They're like Earth, they're space racists and don't like anything from outer space. But anyway. Spacists. Spacists. Yeah, he might be. <laughs> anyway, so what, Mike, you go first. What's your favorite space horror movie? My favorite space horror movie, I think, um, would have to be, I'm going to go with, uh, hold on, I'm because I forgot to write down the date, so I'm stalling um, as poorly as I can. Uh, from <laughs> 1965's Planet of the Vampires by Mario Bava. Why? Why? Um, it's just, I'm just a, <laughs> well, first of all, I'm an Italian film Junkie. fan anyway yeah and mario bava being one of the best um filmmakers to come out of out of italy um you know there's there's a lot of speculation and rumor that uh ridley scott or dan o'bannon or both um borrowed some atmospheric moments from planet of the vampires because there are some similarities um but uh just visually it's it i mean it's a 1960s no budget sci-fi space movie by far you but know. it's your favorite but um but bava's work on it um some of his visual effects that he did his use of space his his way of creating a whole universe and atmosphere of this planet with absolutely nothing for budget is um is amazing to me um i mean the costumes are very like 50 sci-fi dorky looking uh with these like skull cap Good things or whatever, but uh, but there's some actually some pretty creepy elements too in it with these like zombie like uh, uh, creatures that are in it. So so that's gonna be mine. I'm gonna go with uh, Planet of the Vampires. Never seen it. Anybody else seen that? Nope. 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 Okay. <laughs> hopefully, no one on Twitter has either. So no. One yeah, hopefully, <laughs> so he won't get votes. Good. All right, well, I'll go next with the greatest space horror movie of all time. And I'm actually going to, I'm a huge fan of the first one, because it's great, but I'm actually picking a sequel, and that's uh, the 1986 Aliens, James Cameron. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of a perfect movie. It's, it's everything you want. More so than Alien? I think so. I mean, again, I really like the first one a lot, but. Uh, you you get more alien, you get more action, you get more, I don't know. It's, it's got, it's got it, Bill Paxton. What else? I can't think of a a Lance two, Henriksen. Two, yeah, Lance Henriksen. Um, I can't think of two films that are so similar so, and not. Yeah, so <laughs> different that they could almost be considered different genres, yet still exist within the same universe, and uh, both are equally as ama- amazing. Yep. Yep. So it's hard to compare the two. Terminator and Terminator Two. That's yeah, what I was thinking. So good. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. And again, James Cameron. Yeah. yeah no, that's what's it's, crazy about it. Yeah, it's debatable yeah. <laughs> on which ones which ones better, but I almost prefer Terminator to Terminator Two. I do now. Just, when I was younger, I didn't, but I prefer the oh, the original. Yeah, now. Hmm. I I think I do. I think I do as well because too. it's 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 more. Uh, I guess it's more that we it's it's the introduction to the character, and there's more of a mystique to to this Terminator. Just uh, to even the, even the hero, it's huh. just. Uh, it's the less you know, the better sometimes, and that's what. Well, it's it's kind of the follows the same path, right? Like the first, the Alien movie was definitely more 
atmospheric and and more horror-y, where Aliens was more action-y. And Terminator's kind of the same. Like, first it's a Terminator, horror movie with a gun. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's a slasher movie, basically. It's, right. it's a robot slasher movie, um, but where Terminator 2 is, is all balls-out action. Yeah. Both great, but... Yeah, that's mine. Aliens. So, uh, Tad, what's yours? Mine has was mentioned, I believe, earlier in the bonus episode, and it is Life Force. I mean, yeah, nice. hot naked chick, Toby Hooper. What goes? What can you? <laughs> what more can you ask for? Matilda May. Yeah, Patrick Stewart. What happening? Yeah. He's in it. Peter Firth. Um, Patrick Stewart doesn't get naked, does he? No, he just asked what more should. Could you ask for. I said Patrick Stewart. Great movie. So, some gray Earl T, probably. All right, Andy, what about you? What's your favorite <laughs> space horror movie? My uh, favorite space horror movie was also mentioned earlier in the bonus episode, and it is Event Horizon. Ooh, um, Scream Factory, please, please get that pre-order out to us. I'm chomping at the bit <laughs> for the extra footage. I remember um, buying this on DirecTV back in high school, oh, and there was a the part that freaked me out the most is um, I'm kind of claustrophobic, not like severely, but like when Sam Neill is like in that compartment, like, you know, fixing some circuits or some shit. And then, and then the lights just go off. Freak me the hell out, dude. I was just like, I just imagined myself like being in that position. And then, you know, his dead eyed wife, you know, appears a pole position. Yeah, I have a hard time going back to that movie because it's so fucking scary. <laughs> oh, and just like, you know, him with his eyes all gouged out, you know, because it's, I think he, they burst because of the at- atmospheric pressure, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's, been, it's been a while. I don't remember. But I mean, yeah, Great please movie. scream factory. Get us, get us, get us. <laughs> Get me that. Get me that Blu-ray, please. All right. So uh, Twitter only lets us put four picks, but uh, Greg, what if you got to have a pick here? What would be your favorite space <laughs> horror movie? Uh, mine would probably be '86 Aliens as well, over <laughs> the original Alien. Um, just because I'm like you, I, it's more Aliens, so I love that, and I love Lance Anderson. So there's you do. You have a man crush on him. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yep, so that's that would probably be mine. And well, Life Force would be a close second. <laughs> yeah, I thought Greg mentioned all of ours basically on the bonus episode. We're like, we know what's coming. <laughs> well, you know, I saved that. Now that we mention it, I'll tie this all together. We, we're mentioning Aliens and The Predator, both Bill Paxton and Lance Henriksen were in those films. So It was basically like a sequel to Near Dark, wasn't it? Like. <laughs> They're all vampires they are immortal and they just wake up in the future as space Marines <laughs> finger licking good. All right. So get your butts over to Twitter at AOTKP, get those votes in and pick me of course. And yeah, so that is <laughs> I pol- would what laugh so hard. If planet of the vampires won, dude, you so haven't been doing so well on the poll on the polls. That's because I, I speak from the heart of my picks. I don't, right. I don't cater to the, right? No, it's your chance to sell it. When you get to say your pick, it's convince the audience. I mean, there'd be no alien franchise <laughs> at all. If it wasn't for planet of the man, there it might be, you might get one vote. If you figure out how to work Twitter that you're on <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So get your butts over there. That's poll position. Thank you.
<laughs> oh, it's me. Um, so now it's time. <laughs> now it's time to talk about our topic in space. I kind of went with films where I was trying to go straight with taking, you know, kind of fish out of water story, taking our horror and putting it in a different environment, AKA in space where a lot of franchises get to the point where they're like, well, I don't know what to do now. <gasps> I got it. Let's put them in space. Um, but, uh, there was, there was at least one of them that I couldn't find streaming anywhere. So, um, I picked a different movie instead and I feel like there's going to be a lot of hatred towards me in this episode, but we'll see. We'll find out. I could be wrong. Jason, what is our first movie uh, tonight? We're going to discuss the first movie we're going to discuss tonight is from 1996. Already a good start. We got leprechaun four in space. What the hell was that? He's here. Good evening. He's back. Ready for romance. She loves me. Ready for excitement. This barbecue's only just begun. Ready for murder. Destroy him. You fall-busting bitch. Hold it right there, pilgrim. As Shakespeare said, shit happens. <laughs> you are a monster. You look much taller. In person. It's far too violent. What did you shoot him with? Steroids? <laughs> Leprechaun 4. Leprechaun in space. <laughs> Holy shit, that trailer made me hate it even more. Uh, I know. <laughs> Resurfacing on an alien planet, because that's what they do, the Leprechaun <laughs> abducts a member of the world's royalty. Princess Zarina, in an attempt to wed her and become the supreme ruler. Unfortunately for the diminutive schemer, well-armed soldiers arrive to foil his plans. Not easily defeated, however, this feisty leprechaun continues to battle the warriors while also contending with the warped scientist known as Dr. Mittenhand. Before we go any farther, I just want to, how long have we been friends, Mike? How long? Um, I have a bad feeling it 30? might be ending about now. Maybe. I just, you, you, you trust someone <laughs> and then they do this to you. What do you do? Like, of all this, I think I'm, I'm going to say it, Andy. I'd, I'd almost rather watch Clowner guys than this. Now, before oh, I, oh, wow. Before I, I mean, but I don't want to. Just rip on it because I know it's somebody's favorite movie, whoever that is, Brian Clark. But, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I'm just kidding. I assume he likes it, but I don't want to sh shit on it just because I'm sure it is somebody's favorite movie. But 
This is the first Leprechaun movie I've ever seen. Oh, no. So let, let it be this, known this is the last oh, no. Leprechaun movie I will ever see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike, no. you picked a turd. Why did you do this to us? Because I could not find Hellraiser 4. Right. That's mm. all this pain. Just you got you got that cricket sound ready. Hold on, it's it's right here. That's true. It wasn't even a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our suffering was legendary, even in hell. That's right. <laughs> exactly right. Wow, this movie, guys. Um, a leprechaun with a lightsaber. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Here's here's the thing. <laughs> if that's one of my favorites. <laughs> Jasonism is when he starts with, here's the here's thing. Here's the thing. If you got a fucking magic user, why does why is he ever in peril? Oh, I mean, we wouldn't have a movie, I guess. And maybe that would have been better. It, it was for the better, yeah. <laughs> but seriously, I it's tough making movies. Well, I mean, we, Mike and I were kind of talking about this before uh, we recorded, just about magic in movies. But it's hard, and I get it, but... Jesus, it was uh, somebody else. Like when you can turn um, <laughs> a, when you can turn a man into a, I guess transvestite, mm-hmm. or you can flatten a guy's head with magic, but you still feel the need to carry a gun and dodge bullets. Yeah, <laughs> or or the fact that he can jump on a grenade and then magically float up a dude's piss hole. Um, <laughs> well, that I get. But the well, other stuff, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I, I also think, uh, to tell you the truth, I do have a soft spot for this Andy. movie because this was the first, this was the first Leprechaun movie. It's so fucking terrible that okay. it's actually just a great work. It's like Ed Wood level stupid like shit. Like car don't, crash. Don't, don't not insult Ed Wood that way. <laughs> I mean, this movie could have been a lot of it's, fun if we were all watching it together. Maybe. I I mean I I would love ripping on this on on this movie, but like I think like let me put it this way. If Game of Death didn't want you to learn it didn't influence you to learn nunchucks, this movie will because it's just uh. so damn funny. Um the the Sarge's one liners are are you know they kind of have you know are like maybe the shining glimmer of light on this you know like hurry the hell up you know hurry the hell up so I can go get you idiots you dickheads so I can go get drunk or something like that didn't he say that to that one you know dweeby little shit that worked for yeah. Mittenhand top top Sarge yeah yeah I'm gonna save that oh. I can tell Tad loved it. I um, managed to dust a lot of shelves while watching it. Um, oh, <laughs> rearranged okay. a lot of my room while I was while it was playing because I could not sit it through it. Uh, <laughs> I gave it the respect of not stopping it while I was watching it. Uh-huh, I made uh-huh. it through. I I remember credits. Um, but I, this is like a combination of all the things I hate most about films. Um, <laughs> the the, mu- the music sucked. The acting yeah. sucked. The writing sucked. Um, it looked like it was a, I mean, just that, that sort of era of filmmaking, um, in general, I'm not huge on, I'm not going to say that sucks because that's a big general statement, but there are fun. Some of these leprechaun movies are actually pretty fun, and I'm huh. sorry this had to be your first one <laughs> yeah, because uh, Me too. I mean, the, 
I, I actually think like two and uh, is pretty fun. I mean, th- some of them are, are they're, they're, none of them are good. I will say that, but at least some <laughs> of them are so f- entertaining. This is like not entertaining. It's not funny. It's, it's just sucks all around. It's a, <laughs> it's a chore to get through and it's painful. Um, the production looks like it's made for sci-fi channel in the nineties. Like but, that's and, true. Yeah, it just, man, I, I don't want to just dog on a movie. So I guess I'll always say um, Warwick Davis is always, uh, always puts his all into this shitty yeah. character. Uh, yeah. So he's like the only shining light in any of these, or at least this. But um, yeah, I'll let someone else dog that, on it. I thought There's... the special effects were better in Creature than they were in this movie. <laughs> uh, no? All right, and it's I'll... over a decade apart. Yeah. <laughs> uh. uh. Yeah, I just real quick confession to make because I think I've said all I would need to say about this film. I <laughs> it's I know I understand you guys hate it, but I just think it's so terrible. <laughs> Don't you love it because you hate it? I guess I guess so. This is like uh I confession is <laughs> I actually bought this on pay-per-view Andy. back when I was when, when I was 16. <laughs> on pay-per-view? <laughs> yeah, I paid to see this. <laughs> that probably cost more. The pay-per-view probably cost more than the budget. Yeah, yeah, more, more than likely. Um, yeah, there was no gold at the end of the rainbow for this one oh. and, and whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but God damn it, it's. Uh, it's it would be so fun to just pull this damn thing apart, you know, and yes. just it would make for a good riff. Exactly. Riff tracks. There you go. Greg, you're gonna say it's your favorite, <laughs> aren't you? God dang it. Uh, I'm gonna say that supposedly the budget was one point six million or one million six hundred thousand. I don't need it. Um, on what? Would they spend that money on catering? I don't Warwick, know. Davis. Warwick Davis. Warwick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, look, look, we got Warwick Davis. So we got that. Um, we've got, um, the director who did, um, dead end drive in, um, Brian Smith, Treckard Smith. Yep. And and part two. So we got that. Um, we got Australian director, right? Yeah. We got a princess that walks around and flashes her boobs and says, look upon these and, and, uh, something. I don't get that scene. That was kind of weird. Uh, I, I literally watched, uh, a wrestling auction of autographs while I was watching this at the same time. So that was entertaining. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, the, the, the special effects are horrible, man. They are really <laughs> bad in this movie. The set pieces are even worse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it looks like fucking tinfoil spray painted gold. It does. Right? It, it literally felt like I was watching full moon without the entertainment value. Right? That's exactly right. <laughs> oh. That's saying something for me. But hey, hey, it's, it, it is what it is. And it is, like you said, Jason, somebody's favorite movie out there. And I can't fault him. I just think maybe Leprechaun should have stayed in the hood maybe. and not come out. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and what were those like weird meat sleeves that Miguel Nunez was wearing like at the end of the film? I don't I don't even understand. He was that. My, he was my favorite part. 
He's the yeah. only good actor. Well, there. Obviously, man, because I mean, he's he's awesome. He's amazing. He Return of the Living Dead and Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. Those damn enchiladas. Damn enchiladas. All I hear to say was, "Ooh, baby." He <laughs> just acted circles around everyone else in yes. the movie. It was obvious. He was so in it. Yeah. I don't know how, but yeah. Actually, the probably the smell of those enchiladas coming out. It actually is like you know, a better time smelling those than watching this movie. <laughs> but Warwick looks great as a leprechaun. All right. We'll give him that as always. He yep. looks, he does is when the makeup was still good. Like once you start getting, mm-hmm. when he starts doing the in, in the hood movies, cause there's two of those. Yeah. That it felt like they just took toilet paper and, and latex and just splattered <laughs> on his face and called yeah. it good. Like this was still, uh, 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 yeah. uh, uh like, makeup yeah. uh-huh. based on a sculpture. Yep. Yeah. So like Mike, Mike Myers from Saturday Night Live, when he puts the flashlight in his face, is actually a better leprechaun at that point. I'm the leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> Scaring the shit out of Garth. Knock it off, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike. All right. Explain yourself. I'm sorry. I apologize to all of you. I had seen this back in the day and I hated it then. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, there's so many like, more movies maybe, in space. You maybe could've... it could have gotten better because I feel like Did my. Did something wrong? I feel like my love and tolerance for bad oh. cinema has grown since then. But no, it's still bad. And I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why this movie. I hate and it pisses me off versus why I freaking love Birdemic. I don't, I I feel like maybe part of it is because this movie feels like <laughs> they're like, well, we're out of ideas what to do with the Leprechaun, which is odd because they were only on part four at this point. Um, Let's put them in space. And they're like, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. So I'm like, all right, then let's, let's don't even care. Let's just make it because we got to, Keep this franchise going and make a couple bucks. We'll just we'll make it more of a comedy. Just do whatever, you know. It really felt like that, and and like you know, Birdemic may be very poorly made by a man who has no idea what he's doing and no business making movies, but he still tried his best and he still cared and he wanted to make his art. This movie felt like nobody cared that this movie would cash in on the fact that it's a leprechaun movie and that it's a comedy, but the comedy utterly, it it really feels like it just leans so much on the comedy, but the comedy is horrible. It's Mm. not funny. It's, it's like somebody's first time doing an open mic night at the freaking improv. It's bad. It's really, really bad. So yeah, I can't. So I think that to me is maybe part of the difference. Uh, and I'll get into it also in Insane's Picks. I kind of have a little speech about that. Um, but man, it's just so disappointing to me on many levels. It does have some some cool actors in it. We, you know, we mentioned, you know, obviously Warwick Davis. We mentioned uh, Miguel Nunez, uh, who I love him and everything. He's awesome, you know. Um, but it's also got Debbie uh, uh, Dunning in it, who is one of the Tool Time girls on Home Improvement. Um, but my favorite, uh, was the, was the Weasley, um, assistant guy to the main bad guy, um, uh, played by Gary Grossman. I love him because he was in the greatest American comedy of all time. Tom Hanks's bachelor party. Uh-huh. Oh God, that's right. CP yep. standing up. That's right, Exactly. <laughs> You know it. Okay, good. Um, but the thing that upsets me the most is that the effects are done 
by Gay Bartelos. No. Yes. I love Gay Bartelos. You can and, tell with the smashed face. Well, yeah, the smashed know, face. But. And I didn't mind. I thought that he had some cool concepts going on in his design of the of the like main bad guy with like half of half a body attached to like a you know robot. Oh yeah, yeah, you could tell. Yeah, there was. So it was kind of cool. There, but, but the biggest crime in effects history, man, is that fucking chrome skull on the Sarge, right over the ear there. Uh, oh my going god, on? it's <laughs> not blended well at all. Like the metal skull cap doesn't fit on the head right. So I don't think they did it based off of his life cast or anything. The thing life cast, yeah, one point six million dollars. They couldn't. They clearly <laughs> yeah, didn't do it. That's cast. probably true. But at least I don't know. Maybe. Cave wasn't on set for most of it. Like, <laughs> like maybe they sh- could have shot it better to, you know, cause sometimes, you know, sometimes if you look at an actual really awesome effect that looks great on film and you look at it in real life, it looks like dog shit doesn't work at all. It, it also depends on how it's lit and how it's shot. So that maybe has something to do with it. Cause I know Gabe has talent. He's a good effects artist. Um, but you know, where the, he they got the fake skin over the edge above, around his ear there, and the whole Terrible. the whole skull piece sticks out so far from his head that it could be a shelf that could hold my VHS collection. It is so it sticks out so damn far. It's horrible and just, oh, big, I could not. And why even have it? Why even have it? What's it have to do with it's, anything? It's never referenced. It's just oh, it's sci-fi. Let's give the let's give the main army guy a, a freaking chrome skull. <laughs> I guess, I guess, and yeah, dumb things like you know the leprechaun running around shooting laser guns. I don't know, maybe maybe back in my teenage years, I would have thought that was funny because it is ridiculous, and <laughs> mm-hmm. I would think that's the whole sole purpose of having that is that it's ridiculous. Just the whole idea of like it's a leprechaun in space as if this is a normal thing. You know what I'm saying? There's no setup. How did he get from part three to part four? You know, there's no setup for him being in space. He's is so you know, he's just an alien creature now instead of some mythological monster from Earth. That you know? the space army has a hit out for. Yeah. But they're why are they what? <laughs> and he's trying to marry this princess, like it's a whole freaking space what? opera. Like, what is happening? So, yeah, and then, like, yeah, some of those matted, like, space scenes on the planet surface and stuff are some of the worst ever. I think Turkish Star Wars has better matted shots. (laughs) Yeah, so. Yeah, I snorted just now, too, by the way. That's good. That's That's how bad it was. So, guys, I apologize for. I I wasn't sure if, like, we made you mad or something. I'm I'm actually happy to hear that uh, um, Andy kind of sort of likes this movie just because like I cannot, I cannot sit through another year of getting yelled at for a movie like, like Clowntergeist. Yeah. yeah, Oh no. Mistakes were made, Mike. Mistakes. (laughs) Yeah. You apologize a little early. I would say a little prematurely, but (laughs) me gold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we'll get into it. I guess. Uh, I thought this was the, the worst one on the list. Oh no! Mm. I have a bad feeling where this is going. <laughs> we should maybe get there. J- or uh, uh, <laughs> Tad, what's our next movie? Our next movie is Jason X. In the year twenty four fifty five, on a routine training mission, a team of students 
is about to discover a life form frozen in time. Wow. They're on their way back. Prepare for docking and power of the lab. You brought him on board? Everything's under control, man. an unstoppable killing machine. It's okay, he just wanted his machete back! How do we get off the ship? I don't know. Look, we're gonna be all right. What, are you high? Uh-oh. <gasps> He's here. <laughs> you have got to get them out of there. They slap me! I think we're finally okay. that? You've got to be kidding me. Oh, wow. He's been modified. Oh, you think? You guys might want to run. He's out there. Why don't you just stick your head out and have a peek? All right, released April 26, 2002. Jason X, directed by James Isaac, written by Todd Farmer. Um, it's pretty sad state when we're talking about Jason X being the best movie of the podcast. Um, hey. I uh, I have moments of this movie I enjoy. Um, I mean, it's Jason in space. Uh, it, at least um, Kane Hodder returns as Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, David Cronenberg in a small role in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I threw it in uh, from the new box set and checked out the commentary on there because I've seen this movie several times. I didn't need a real refresher on the content, um, so I wanted to hear some insight. So that mm-hmm. was fun, fun to watch it with... James Isaac, uh, Todd Farmer, and then I forget one of the producers. Um, so here behind the scenes story, some some pretty cool stuff. Uh, I found out that this was like the first movie that was filmed on film. Then uh, they did the special effects virtually, like uh, or digitally, and then they um, re put it back out through film. So it went film, digital, then back to film. Um, it also like. When they made it, uh, it it was one of the first movies that sort of leaked out onto the internet before it hit theaters and was pirated. So it was heavily pirated. And by the time it finally did hit theaters, a lot of people had already seen it. Um, a lot of interesting stuff like how Cronenberg uh, ended up in the movie and uh, they basically made it because they needed to make a new Friday 13th movie while, while they were developing um, Freddy versus Jason. So that's why they set it in space so they could set it uh, so far ahead in time so that it wouldn't screw up the timeline. Mm. Um, it was, yeah, I, I, if, if you have the new box set, I highly recommend checking out the commentary. Um, it made me appreciate it a little bit more. This has always been my least favorite of the entire franchise. Uh, it has some great kills in it for sure. If nothing else, it has some oh, yeah. really, 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 really fun, fantastic kills. And it's very tongue in cheek. I think that's what I don't like about it is um, it's so... Uh, meta like it recognizes itself as what it is like jason realizes who he is and 
Um, it also, I, I just always, and maybe it's just my personality, like my taste. Um, but once again, like Greg Amortis was talking about the set designs on um, Leprechaun 4. Like, I just hate the sets in these types of movies. I, It doesn't, like, if you do it right, it's really cool. Like, we, we think about the alien films and they're aboard the spaceships and stuff. And this one just feels, On again, the generic side, for sure. You've got H.R. Yeah. Geiger, you know, doing the designs and that, though. I mean, there's mm-hmm. hard, hard to beat. Right, but it's just—I mean—it feels like it's recycled from every. Once again, this feels like Jason went. Jason goes to Sci-Fi Channel. Um, goes to Star Trek. And I—I've always hated. Uh, I've always hated Uber Jason. I hate the idea of it. I hate the yep. design of it. Um, he was sort of, sort of cool, and and I've always thought the the original uh, Jason X mask at the beginning, the hockey mask, was sort of cool. It has like a pig snout type thing going. Um, he just they they decided to go a little bit different with his design. He had the layers. Um, I thought that was cool, you know. And then we when he switches to Uber Jason, it no longer to me it resembles Jason. It just becomes a slasher. But um, if nothing else, at least this one had some some nudity and awesome kills in it. And uh, like I said, I loved listening to the commentary and hearing some of the behind the scenes stuff. And those guys are are busting each other's balls the entire time. And um, it it was pretty interesting. Like. They, like I said, they they said they sat down and they were like, how can we make Jason interesting again? And so they had like all these different settings. They're like Jason in the snow, Jason. They, they arrived somehow on Jason in space. And this like the studio was basically like, we don't really care. Um, keep it on under this budget. Um, we're not going to make any notes. Just get it out and make sure not to fuck up our timeline so we can still do Freddy versus Jason. So this is pretty much like a filler in the series. I've always hated hearing that, you know, about how do we make Jason interesting again? He's always been interesting, man. It's the, it's, it's the movies that you're doing that are are, are the not interesting part. There's no need to change. You don't need to to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. There's a reason why, you know, those first four movies in particular were such big hits, even though it's the same setting, it's the same thing going on, you know? So why feel the need to keep changing? Things? You know, Hollywood execs. I'm well, I mean, Kruger doesn't really leave uh, Springwood. Well, they, yeah, you know, like to. we had final chapter and they try to do something new with a new beginning and just sort of like Halloween three, the fans were like, no, we want Jason killing teenagers. And it's that simple. So, you know, they, they jump back with Jason lives and Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Like we're simple creatures. We know what we want. It's okay. However, yeah. those movies, those movies have aged well though. Halloween three and part five new beginning. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, but I know what Ted's saying. I mean, you know, cause obviously the execs are only basing all of this is off, off of, Profits. box office yes so and i mean even with jason goes to hell they went dramatically different and i still enjoy that much more than this movie really uh, yeah i because uh. for me at the end of the day i don't care where you put them really it's it's still jason and, and jason goes to hell was not jason for me because well one it really wasn't jason it f- physically isn't jason yeah yeah but you you put you put a big bulking guy especially if it's kane hotter in a hockey mask um, and running around, I don't care if it's in space. I don't care if it's in underwater. I don't, you know, care if it's in the snow. I, I'm inve- I'm into it. I'm invested, you know? And so agreed. I, I love Jason X and I think, I think, and I've, I've learned this about myself too, a lot. I think I latch on to this movie maybe more than, 
then um, Jason Goes to Hell is because I saw Jason X in the theater. I did not see Jason Goes to Hell in the theater. And I've, I've come to find, me personally, that if I have a theater-going experience, I don't think it, it doesn't really matter to the movie. It, it's got to really suck for me to hate it. I'll, I'll um, have a n- nostalgia love for it just based on the movie-going experience. I, th- I, th- I think that explains some of my tastes in, in movies. Much like Andy, I uh, remember my brother having a birthday party and they rented Jason Goes to Hell on pay-per-view. And <laughs> maybe that's why I have a love uh-huh. affair for it yeah. because, um, you know, his, he's older than me. I think it was like his 16th birthday or something. I don't I have to do the math and figure out what year it was, but I was, you know, way too young to be watching it. And I just remember, like, the blood, the guts, the nudity. I fucking loved it. So, uh Yeah. Uh, well, my my sister re, uh, rented Return of the Living Dead, and I only got to see like the first like twenty minutes of it, and, and I had to go to bed. I was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I just I have a lot of fun with this movie. I know it's 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 goofy because you know again you're putting Jason in space for crying out loud. But I, I always felt like as far as forcing your horror character into space. This works better than I feel like most. I mean, they actually try really hard to develop a story on how are we going to get Jason Voorhees from Crystal Lake into yep. outer space. Yeah. And I feel like it kind of sort of succeeds. I mean, it's got some mm-hmm. a lot of really fun stuff. Um, you know, you you mentioned that you know that again with the comedy side of things. I feel like the comedy in this one works way more than in Leprechaun because you know, in Leprechaun, the bad guy's trying to do a lot of the humor. And in any horror comedy to really work, the horror part's got to be serious. And I'm sorry, when Jason's on screen, he's a big, hulking, monstrous badass. He's mean as fuck. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's everything that's surrounding him that ends up where the comedy comes from. And that's when comedy, comedy horror works. I love the I I love the the jabs at the series as much of a fan as I am of the whole franchise. I can I can, I can take jokes at the expense of the series and that that holodeck scene where oh, yeah. Jason's killing the two girls in the sleeping bags. It's my favorite scene of the whole movie. It's so it's awesome. Actually, really great. It's yeah. so funny. We love premarital sex. <laughs> And it's it's kind of uh, it's weird, Tad. I kind of feel the opposite about the looks of Jason in this movie. I don't mind Uber Jason because I know it's not a permanent thing. I know he's not yeah. gonna. We're not gonna see ten more movies of Uber Jason, so I can tolerate it for these last ten minutes of the movie. Um, but the look of Jason beforehand, I kind of honestly didn't like it. Um, I hate. I I kind of hate it when they feel the need to keep putting layer upon layers upon layers of clothing on Jason. Um, he doesn't do much shopping. I can imagine. <laughs> um, it's the hair for me. And it's a little overdone in this movie for sure. Yeah. And yes, the tufts of hair, like I can take maybe some, some straggly strands of hair, but these, this looks like, um, this looks like, uh, Corey Feldman, Tommy Jarvis shaved his head <laughs> in this movie. Cause you see these weirdo tufts of, of buzzed hair uh, throughout it. But for me, the biggest problem is when I look at him and they do a lot of great close up shots of Jason's face, especially in that opening scene, I am seeing Kane hotter through that mask. Yeah. Through that hockey mask. 
his eyes need to be a little bit more deader. He looks his his eyes to me they they just look too alive. I really think maybe they were really banking on the Uber Jason look and didn't put enough thought process in the into the makeup of Jason beforehand. I mean, I don't know. I'm probably wrong, yeah. but like that, that's just how it feels to me. But yeah, it is also great seeing David Cronenberg in that opening scene. That's kind of awesome. Um, here's the thing. Yeah. Cronen- <laughs> with Cronenberg. Started that. Uh, yeah, it's my new segment segment. Um, here's the thing. Uh, Cronenberg's great. We love him. He's freaking amazing and fantastic, but he fucking sucks in this movie. And I'll tell you why, because every fucking word out of his mouth is the most cliche <laughs> piece of shit dialogue I've ever heard written. Uh. I'm sorry, Andy. Everything he says is from another movie. It's so cliche. It's so stupid that of course he's going to come and, uh, I've got to move the prisoner and you don't get to blah, blah, blah. And I, I hate it. I hate it. So that's well, the thing. He got in this movie from, from the story I remember, basically. Um, I don't remember if it was like one of the producers or assistants or some, someone um, that was working on a Cronenberg film. Um, they were going to be moving over to Jason X. And uh, it was basically like they asked him, like, is it okay if I do both jobs at the same time and we sort of share this person? And he was like, that's fine as long as you get let me play a character in Jason X. And they're like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I want to play a role. So they, I think that <laughs> they might have. Awesome. I awesome. thought he wanted to get killed. He just goes, I want to be killed by Jason Voorhees. No, I think, uh, no, that was like a favor. He was doing them a favor. So he's like, um, let me just have like a small role. And I don't remember if they had hired anybody in that role, but they just like gave him this one. And it was like, everybody on the set was in awe. They're like a fucking David Cronenberg. Like who would have thought oh, he'd yeah. be on our set, you know? And that's amazing. That's awesome. It gives me that's even more respect for David Cronenberg. Contrary to popular belief. It's like, you know, this is where horror films go to die is, is space, you know, but <laughs> I, 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 it, it's true. It's like horror fans, horror franchises die when they, when they go to space and then, uh, they get resurrected by Michael Bay and company sticking their dicks in it to, you know, varying <laughs> degrees of success. But, uh, yeah, I think this has its own little niche and just like, I, and I agree with everything, you know, both good and bad of which, what, what you guys have said. I mean, I, I don't mind the Uber Jason, but I just, maybe I'm just so spoiled of the look of the part seven Jason that I loved so much. Maybe that's me too. It's, maybe that's, it's, I'm it's, having the same I, problem, I look, but yeah. I, and I'm looking at this one. I'm just like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's not bad, but it's just really, it's really not cutting it for me. Uber Jason I, makes me think about uh, kids costumes for Halloween because <laughs> like, it seems like there was a million Uber Jason costumes. Well, I got a story about that that I'll get to, um, but I want to share this thought real quick. I remember when I was younger and I, when I was really starting getting into horror movies and stuff and reading Fangoria magazine. 1939. And uh, um, I, I was talking with my mom about it, you know, who like no clue, you know, and probably was highly disturbed and disgusted with this newfound love of horror that I have. And, and I think I was talking about like the new Friday Thirteenth movie coming out, and and you know the the, you know, the six hour makeup job that you know the actor has to go through. And my mom's just like, "Why does it take six hours when he just puts on a hockey mask?" <laughs> and that's what it felt like in this one with Jason with with uh, 
Jason in the first half. It's like, it just feels like they just, you know, did a buzz cut on his head and put a hockey mask on him instead of like this elaborate, um, you know, chin and back of the head makeup that you see in all the other movies. But another good, another good thing about, I think about Jason X is it really uh, kicked off the writing career of Todd Farmer. We get the first of his, and that's, that's actually what made me think about Greg and Mortis. Cause I, didn't you get, get him on your show once? Yeah. We've had him on a few times. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, cool. Todd, Todd's great. Tell us about Todd. Todd's awesome, man. He's just, he's an old country boy from Kentucky who lives in California that, man, he's just down to earth, loves his horror movies and comedy. And, you know, you can't go wrong with Drive Angry or, or any of these other films. Oh, yeah. and, and My Bloody Valentine. My yeah. Bloody Valentine. Yeah. Absolutely. Love that one. And he always loves to mention about his buns of steel and yep. he always shows his ass in every movie. That's, that's <laughs> like a, he always writes himself in there naked with his ass. I mean, he just does. And with, uh, and with girls apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, why not? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I see now this, this is no, no Jason goes to hell. I'm sorry, Mike. I know <laughs> your love affair of that one. And this one's not that one. And, and I thought about you by the way, Mike, cause you uh-huh. know, Justin knows very well how that cover is probably really ruined by now. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm hoping that you did get that screen factory release so you could get a new, new copy. Uh, but, <laughs> but I love, I, I love this movie, man. I have a blast with, it. I love Uber Jason. I love, you know, freaking freeze face smash. And I oh, love, yes. Oh, so good. Excellent. <laughs> that's, that's the money shot of the film. Right that there. is, dude. I mean, and Lisa Ryder, man, is the, the freaking Terminator. I mean, KM. <laughs> dude, KM, man, she, she just has so much, man. When she was playing around with the shooting of, of Jason, she's just like, hmm, turns her little head tilt like Michael and just goes at it. And I freaking loved it. I just, but now I like cheese, and this is cheese, and I love it. And she's uh, got nipples that clank. <laughs> Is that a, a new T-shirt or bumper sticker you're working on? He's got nipples that clank, yo. Yeah, but no, I had a lot of fun. I mean, I th- yeah, this fun. one. Oh my gosh, if I ranked and we did that Friday Thirteenth way back in the day. Yep. Remember that, guys? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't even remember where I put Jason X, but it's definitely. <laughs> I'm not even gonna go there. I don't know. I don't know where to rank in them, but. But uh, yeah, I had fun with it. I like I like watching this. But uh, there again, I'm a fan of Todd Farmer, so yeah. Yeah, he wrote himself as he wrote himself in here as a character named Dallas. Clearly, inspiration from uh, Alien. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. I read that. I I finally read what actually with the David Cronenberg. His cameo was done as a favor to his former protege. Jim Isaac, who is the director of Jason X, for loaning his Canadian-based production crew to him. Um, and in exchange, he wanted to be killed on screen by Jason. So uh, Andy Ooh, was right. Awesome. He wanted to get killed, but he let uh, his, his protege uh, have his production crew, which is really cool. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, good movie, Mike. You got one. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> a, a couple more things I want to bring up, <laughs> unless anybody else has anything to say about it, but... You know, Tad, you mentioned how like this movie leaked way ahead of time. I think part of that is on them, was on New Line Cinema because, and Jason, you mentioned Halloween costumes. I found on clearance. I remember that. On clearance. So this was obviously after Halloween, 
a Uber Jason child's Halloween costume. And I bought it because I'm like, what is this? Wow. Because nope. this was at least a full year before the first trailer even came out yep, yep. for this movie. And wow. here I'm, I'm here I'm holding this costume of like what am is I looking Uber at? Space Jason. What is th- I don't I didn't even know what it was. So <laughs> uh-huh. so they obviously I don't know if they were planning That's on getting this movie out way earlier or what what got screwed up, but there was merchandising for this movie before people even knew it was a I- movie. Yeah, McFarlane made the movie Maniacs Jason X figure that came out ahead before the movie too, so we all knew what he looked like. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think I have like the cardboard stand up from the theater that a guy gave me, which is kind of cool. Oh, very cool. Um, the other thing, yeah, we mentioned the um the uh face smashing ice face smashing scene, which is the best kill in the movie, if not one of the best in the whole franchise. Um, I also really liked the guy going down the corkscrew thing. That was He's cool. Screwed. Yeah. yeah. Of course you had to have that joke, but I also yeah. really like that, um, Jason, um, and his antics on that spaceship was responsible for that whole space station blowing up oh, because yeah. that mean cause there had to have been thousands upon thousands of people on that space oh, station. For body count. Reasons. So that gives Jason officially the highest body count of all the slashers. So suck it, Freddie. I also want to say something about that. Why is the spaceship about three quarters of the size of the space station that it's going through? (laughs) Just uh, riddle me that, please. Yeah. The only thing that I would say watching it in the theater for the first time that I was disappointed in, because I remember that amazing trailer we just listened to. Um, and and they let sh- the bodies hit the floor. And they <laughs> the bodies hit the floor. You can tell what time period this movie came out. Very new metal. <laughs> um, they, uh, yeah. they showed a quick shot in that trailer of um, the one Sarge guy, um, Tony. You know the 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 cheap Tony Brods- Todd Brodsky. Um, yeah, Brodsky. Um, in in that suit. Uh, squaring off against Jason and they're storming towards each other. They showed it really quick in the trailer that I could have sworn, I could have sworn that it was a clip of Jason normal finding Uber Jason. And so I was waiting for that the whole time when I saw this movie oh. in the theater. And as soon as they, you know, they introduced earlier in the movie, the whole holodeck holodeck thing, I'm like, that's how they're going to do it. They're going to have Jason versus Jason. That's the only way to stop Jason, right? Is to have him fight himself. <laughs> And then, uh, sadly, that didn't happen. But then years later, I forget the comic book company name, um, there was a comic book, a two-part miniseries comic book of Jason versus Jason X, and it was everything that I didn't want uh, Jason Aww. versus Jason to <laughs> fight to be. It's a pretty crappy comic. So. Aww, who won? Do you remember? Um, Jason. I, I remember the, uh, Mad TV did a parody um, before this movie, it was like uh, Jason in space, and it was like a fake trailer, and they made fun of the idea of Jason going to space. <laughs> it, it was um, it was Apollo like thirteen or Apollo Friday the Thirteenth, and it was like oh, oh that's shit, awesome. that's awesome of the two. And uh, funny enough, it you know they eventually did their own, and it was like yeah, they've reached a level of you know <laughs> parody. But I'll have to send you guys a link to that one. It's pretty good. Nice. See, it has Artie Lang in it. Of course. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Andy, what is our last amazing film for this evening? Um uh amazingly bad. Um our next film comes from 1985, directed by William Malone. It is called The 
uh, is just called Creature, but it has an alternative title called The Titan Find. In the near future, in the shadow of Saturn's rings, stranded beneath the surface of the barren moon called Titan, Scientists find the one thing they never expected. Isn't here? Was expecting them. Ah! Oh my god! And suddenly, those who had traveled across the galaxy had run out of space. Creature. We found someone's collection of life from all over the galaxy, like a child's butterfly collection. Only some of these butterflies are not so friendly. Who wants to keep us here? What's that? It's open one of the doors. This thing is using it for food. It's using our own man to kill each other. Creature, it kills to live, and it lives to kill. Oh Jesus! <laughs> wow that that was that was that was just really brilliant. Um, the alien and the thing uh, com- combination ripoff that I'm about to talk about right here. Okay. A crew of scientists uh, from NTI, the U.S., uh, arrive on a cold planet by the name of Titan to examine archaic artifacts, you know, that of unknown origin that look like they're stored in NyQuil gel caps. Uh, they discover that their their German uh, firm, uh, rival firm, uh, Richter. I believe uh, they already have a ship there when they seek help after their landing, because they basically sink into the planet. Uh, they, they go and find the other Germans. Uh, they go to find the German ship and all they find is bodies. And they realize that they are, that they've all been slaughtered by one of the creatures that came out of the NyQuil gel caps. And they, they've awoken <laughs> And now the alien is after them. Um, basically, it's like I said, it's it's alien meets the thing. And to me, this is just really generic stuff. It's it's your typical anything in space. It always has like a time lock with there's either you're going to self-destruct or you're going to run out of air you know, combined with the the imminent danger that is this alien that we barely see. Um, this movie, um, I don't know what kind of version that I watched, but it was very dark. I had a hard time telling what's going on, but maybe that was the point to shadow the creature just to, you know, maybe hide how, you know, kind of crappy it was. Um, the sci-fi, the, the sets are really... Uh, 
not so good. Uh, some of the computer screens, I had to laugh because some of the computer screens, they look exactly like the backgrounds in my sixth grade school photos. You know, when you could choose like the futuristic <laughs> shit in the back. <laughs> um, you've, you've got a little bit of pedigree of acting here. You've got Lyman Ward, who's play, who plays David Perkins. That's Ferris Bueller's dad, if you remember that. Oh, that um, was him. I knew and, I recognized him, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh Wendy Wendy Shaw who played Best Laden, she was in uh Inner Space, but it was it was brief. Uh Diane Salinger she's also, was the she's also in um The Burbs. She plays Bonnie Rumsfeld, Bruce Dern's wife in, in The Burbs. Oh, okay. Diane Salinger who plays Bryce, uh she's uh the deaf lady in Carnival. If you ever saw that movie, uh, not the series on HBO, she played Apollonia, not like Apollonia from Purple Rain, but just this tarot card lady. And she was also Simone in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, who, you know, had that really tall uh, hillbilly husband that chased after Pee Wee. Um, the only saving grace for me in this film is Klaus Kinski, yeah! which is he's he's awesome really? in anything because he's such a little batshit crazy little shit um his eating and acting at the same time just kind of amused me uh he's just a creepy little bastard which i just love it and i feel like his ass grabbing of bryce was probably non-scripted it wasn't it wasn't it he, wasn't he quote unquote improved that yeah and i could i i just i i what a I feel, bag yep I feel like I feel like that's just claws being claws, and I bet you her saying "Don't fuck with me" was probably non-scripted too. <laughs> um, he sure has claws, all right. Oh God, yes. Um, but to to me, this was just uh, yeah. It's it's it was just another typical, you know we got to kill this thing or we're going to die. And we also need to get out of here. It just seemed, it was just very generic to me. I mean, this was, this, this was dry toast, dude. It's, I mean, I really don't have much to say other than that. It's, I mean, you guys, you guys go ahead. <laughs> Hit the <laughs> crickets. Cricket <laughs> there it is. I agree. I so I I don't mind. I don't. I didn't mind most well, a fair amount of it. Like I can deal with. Um, You're struggling to even. I know. Say I'm, trying to, nice. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> uh, well, but like uh, the slow pace stuff is fine. I I I really enjoyed the, or I can deal with the like low budget. Um, trying to make it work. Like I was really into the opening stuff of them on the first. I just, so I, mean, I can deal with that stuff, and that was all good to me. I, I, the sci-fi stuff was cool, but but then I was just I was telling Mike beforehand too. I'm like, I don't did I did I fall asleep or did I did I see the whole thing? I'm not even sure. <laughs> I just know that I don't like Klaus Kinski. <laughs> and anything he does, but he annoyed the shit out of me. But um, and then I had a hard time with the look of that lady, whatever her name is. I just with that super. It was funny because Tina and I was just talking about her hair most of the time she was on screen with the curls up front and the whatever 
ponytail thing. Anyway, yeah, the, so the one that played Bryce, yeah, yeah, Bryce. Um, it was, and then I liked the monster stuff again. That was cool. Like it was, I don't know. I felt like I could forgive that stuff because to me it was just another. I equated it to a you know your fifties monster guys in a suit. They're trying their ass off, and it was cool. It was weird, and you know, clearly not practical, or maybe even not scary. But uh, you know, they they were going, and some of the effects were cool. And I'm glad there was some bloodshed. And I don't know if I give crap about the story, or could even tell you what really, really happened within what you said already. So yeah, it. At the end of the day, I think it did. It was a little generic, but. You know, I I definitely liked it a lot more than Leprechaun 4, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. What do you add? Um, I was watching and I'm like, hey, that's uh, Ferris Bueller's dad. And that's about the nicest thing I could say. Oh. About this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know him from somewhere. And I, it's sort of like... It's like, oh, this yes. is neat. And then, yeah, you're like, yeah, I recognize him. And that then gives like, me five minutes to not watch the movie and look up who it is. And right. Give me a break <laughs> from this movie. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough to get through. I just, um, it felt like something I would find on like a local weird uh, channel you get on antenna in the middle <laughs> of uh, the night. It would be something they're playing and uh, not in a good way. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really even have much to say about it. It just bored me to death. Uh, Klaus Kinski sucks. Uh, yes. I, he, he was he was hateful. It just he was um, just easy to hate in this movie. Um, yeah, you know, it just yeah. I just didn't care about any of these characters. I didn't care what was happening. I just had a hard time even focusing. I made it through. I I it, but it was a chore once again. I want. I would rather be in space. Like shoot me in the fucking <laughs> space. Eject me into the cold void. Yes. And make me watch this. Hey, Greg Amortis. <laughs> come on. What, yeah. No. I, mean, I like cheesy movies. I do. I like fifties creature movies. And but no, this one is fairly boring. And and I mean the rip off of the alien look of this creature but not in a good way. And, and the fact that I read that like, they are the ones that did the effects of aliens in 86. So it's like mind blowing. Um, I mean, clearly I guess that's why the one preacher looks like an alien. I don't know. Um, now Klaus Kinski, man, I don't know with that zombie or makeup looking face. I don't know what the heck that was going on. Um, no, man, I struggled on this one too, man. There again, I think I spent most time looking at, the. Uh, Facebook auction again of wrestling <laughs> that night as well. Uh, Cause there was two nights in a row. <laughs> I just could not get into this one. Uh, I don't even know Pearl. Did you even creature that you don't even, yeah, she's no, <laughs> she's shaking her head and she can really watch some really cheesy movies too. But no, I would much rather watch something like them or, or, <laughs> Uh, some Harry, Harry. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know. I just it's not very good. Not very good at all. <laughs> but I did. I agree with you. I did think of Ferris Bueller's dad when I saw this. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> Ferris Bueller, Bueller." <laughs> anyone? Anyone? <laughs> anyone? <laughs> anyone? Yeah that that scene from Ferris Bueller is this entire movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> anyone? 
Anyone? Uh, <laughs> oh my god, chalkboard. No, I mean I've seen worse. Don't get me wrong. No, this ain't oh, like yeah. we've seen Leprechaun Four, but we. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's bad. It's bad. It really is not good. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollar budget, though. So we're a little bit more, a little bit more than Leprechaun Four. But I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you're seven hundred fifty thousand yeah. on nineteen eighty five money too. Ooh, there you go. Right there. Yeah. Mike, explain yourself. Uh, this movie was a blind spot for me. I, I it's one that uh, I've always blind, wanted to see. Blinded it. me too. I've always, <laughs> I've always wanted to see and never got around to it. From that era of of Star Wars ripoff movies and alien ripoff movies, um, and I've seen a lot of them, but I've never seen this one before. So I thought I'd thought now would be the time. Uh, I guess there's no time for this one. It's it is pretty bad. I, I just think that. The biggest problem of the movie is is that uh, it's boring and you can't follow what's going on. Um, you know, it's one thing to create your universe within your film, but you still have to be able to explain things within that universe to the general audience that don't know what's going on. And when ninety percent of the dialogue is is discussing about the inner workings of the mechanics of the ship, like. I don't know what the phalange is that you guys are referring to. It's like, you know, we need if we if we reroute the phalange to the to the Hoffenstetter, <laughs> then we'll we'll be able to we'll be able to do that. I'm like, what what? I don't know. I don't follow any of it. Um, I will say I did have fun with this movie. Um, guessing which other movies they stole sound effects from. Yeah. Um, that was a fun that was a fun game you can play with this movie. Uh, I believe there was a little bit of Star Wars in there. There was a little bit of Battlestar Galactica in there. Um, what else did I hear? Um, oh god, I heard snoring, but then I woke up. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, Klaus Kinski is a treat. Um, he he from I like watching movies with him in it just because it's the train, it's the car, it's the car wreck effect. You just can't look away. Um, I do not understand how this move, how this man has managed to make 137 movies. Um. Because it's not like he's some major thespian, and everything I've ever heard about him is that he's a complete psychotic dickhead. So how, <laughs> how he ever managed to make 137 films, I mean, kudos to him on that, I guess, right? Uh, but <laughs> or maybe people are you know people that hire him for movies are just in awe and captivated by what they're seeing as I am when I watch his movies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. It's not a good movie. Well, and that's the thing, because also like William Malone, uh, the director himself, has also kind of been of a, a blind spot for me. And the fact that he got um, kind of uh, unceremoniously inducted into the Masters of Horror because he directed a couple episodes and he had gone to a lot of those Master of Horror's dinners, and I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. And he's a master of horror, and mm-hmm. you know, and that. And so up until this he, moment, the only other movie I've seen of his is the House on Haunted Hill remake, which is which is great. I think but, he did a few uh, Freddy's Nightmares. He did a, a few Freddy's Nightmare episodes. He did, yeah. I think, the Amazing Stories episode. I don't remember. I know he also did Fear dot com, which I still have never seen, but I've never heard good uh, heard good things. <laughs> and so he's a master of horror. So I so I'm like. Kind of, I've always been curious about more of his filmography to see if that back if that's backed up, and 
Sadly, this movie doesn't back it up. Um, there are a couple of cool effect shots with the, uh, like, whatever you want to call them, zombie astronaut alien-possessed dudes. Um, <laughs> like the one where his face is, like, literally melting off inside the helmet. I thought it looked really cool. That was a, that was a really cool-looking effect. So, but, uh, but that's about it, man. Yeah. The dud. Bummer. <laughs> so what I learned today on today's episode is true, that... We're all just pawns in Mike's big game of he's going to make us watch shit he wants to check off his list and we all get drugged along <laughs> with it. Oy. Oy. Yeah. Thanks, pal. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Why else have a podcast if you can't yeah. force your friends to watch movies that you've avoided for years? That's <laughs> Tad's doing it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Greg's doing it too. Yeah, <laughs> it is kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay, so I guess that concludes the topic for this episode. But hold on, there's still more Attack of the Killer podcast to come. We're going to take a quick break so you can hear about our podcast network called the PFPN. So many great shows on the network, like oh, I don't know, some show called Land of the Creeps. Oh my god, that show's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can find Greg Mortis' show and so many others at the PFBN. Oh my goodness. The PFPN.com. When we come back, it'll be segments time here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. We are back, and it is time for segments here on Tack of the Killer Podcast. Which segment should we start with? What everyone's favorite. Oh, I know. Nah, let's not do everyone's favorites. Let's oh. do shout-outs. It's time for... Shout-outs! All right, on this episode, shout-outs, we asked, what are your favorite horror movies that go in space? And on our Facebook page, we got Erica Schultz. We love her. She's on the podcast network herself. Customers also watched Unsung Horrors. She is great. Listen to her shows. Great shows. Definitely check them out. They're, like, totally in my wheelhouse for, like, obscure and weird movies. Absolutely. She says... Hellraiser Bloodline. And no, I will not apologize for that answer. Tad quickly replies, I wish Mike would have picked this one. I wish I would have too, man. I'm dying to rewatch it. I, I really like it too, and I'm glad to know that there are others out there that like it. Yeah. I'm going to have to honestly say it might be well, it's, it. it's probably my third favorite in the franchise. Yeah, that might be. Like I like it better than three That's by far. One. Yeah. And then Brian Clark pumps or jumps in and says, "Nor should you. Bloodline is the last good Hellraiser flick." See. Then our pal Don and Nelly says, "Jason X is, to no one's surprise, in my top five of the franchise, 
And even less shocking, my second favorite in that franchise is Leprechaun 4. Don, I should have known. <laughs> yeah, Don. I should have. I'll apologize for our commentary on that. I'm <laughs> sure you love it. And we got Brian Clark. He's back. He says, Leprechaun, obviously. <laughs> See? I knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> we called it. We called oh, it. Shit. All right. Then we got Attacker Peter Parker. He says, Here, Spider-Man. I'll have to go with Jason X, but Hellraiser Bloodline is a close second. I'm ashamed to admit that I have not seen Leprechaun 4 parentheses yet. I just want to jump in really quick and just say, y'all should be grateful. I almost picked Dracula 3000. I would have taken it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, I mean, if you have to watch it now, that's fine. I understand it, but. Get some friends over and some beers and maybe watch it that way. We got Mike Reeb, the Reebster. Reebster. He says, ooh, now this is fun. That's <laughs> quoting Mike in his voice. He says, Jason X, obviously. Obviously. Planet of Vampires. Yeah. See, someone else has seen it. And then the movie with the coolest theme song ever, The Green Slime. I love The Green Slime. That almost that almost was my um, pole position. How does that go? Green Slime. That's right. Also, not so obviously, Alien Resurrection is way underrated. Hey, Mike, if you're listening right now, vote for for Planet of the Vampires on our um, poll position. Great. Mike's like, no, I have to start a Twitter. (laughs) 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 Then we got, oh, Brian Clark's back. He says, oh, how did I forget Critters? Critters. That, That fourth movie isn't great, but Brad Dorff is great in it. It's funny, too, because like... That's the fourth one, too, that killed right. the franchise. Well, but fourth. they originally come from space. Right. But yet putting them back in space was the nail in the coffin <laughs> for that franchise for a while. Oh, And then we got uh, Tim Lennerer. He says, I saw Hellraiser Bloodline in the theater without knowing it was an Alan Smithy movie. When- yeah. Do we all know who the original director, who the actual director was? Not without. Kevin Yeager. Oh, effects artist Kevin Yeager. That's too and I knew that. He was so... Butthurt. So butthurt about the movie. <laughs> By the time it was done, like uh, he wanted his name off of he it. He says, when the director's credit came up uh, at the start of the film, I invol- involuntarily yelled, ah, fuck. <laughs> you know, when you see Ellen Smithy, you're like, yep. that ain't good. But he says, sometimes I reflect on that moment and try to imagine what it was like for anyone else in that 40% full theater. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Smithy movies doesn't necessarily mean bad. Not necessarily, but did you I know, get it. Jason, that Morgan Stewart's Coming Home is an Alan Smithy movie? You know, I don't think I did. You yeah. love that and movie. And I love that I movie. I love that movie. That's awesome. Let's do that movie. Yeah. Then we got Mike Smale. I remember that guy. Hey. He said, oh. The, have, the space guy. The space guy. That's right. I'm like, is it too soon to have Mike back when, I, when we knew we were doing this topic? Teach us a thing or two about space. He's going to teach me things about uh, pronunciation because I'm screwed on this one. (laughs) Aniara, A-N-I-A-R-A. This is fun for me. Swedish psych horror in space. Ooh. Sounds cool. Yeah. And Swedes are cool. And old the Reebster, he couldn't quit yet. He's got one more. He says, almost forgot. Disney's The Black Hole is way creepy and awesome. It is. I haven't seen it forever, but I loved it as a kid. Yeah. But I think, you know, when you're a kid, you love every movie. That's true. 
Uh, nothing in the group, nothing on the Twitter, but on Instagram, we got attacker Tina Marie. She says Solaris from 2002. That movie's pretty kick-ass. You seen it? I think she's brown nosing to you. That might be. She's cool. <laughs> she's pretty cool. Anyway, that's what we got. Don't forget that y'all can still call in and leave a voicemail and tell us what your favorite in space horror movie is just give us a call at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP and that's shout outs if you missed last week's episode we have started a brand new segment here at attack of the killer podcast fan favorite with all the amazing guest celebrities that we've had introduce my segment in saints picks um, they have graciously agreed to do a new segment on the show where they will do live script reading reenactments here on Attack of the Killer Podcast in a segment that we call Recasting with Christian Slater. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to another episode of Recasting with Christian Slater. Now, last week we heard the uninhibited eloquence of uh, Rob Zombie's dialogue in Halloween, and I thought to myself, well, why don't we just revisit the age-old classic of where he got this idea in John Carpenter's Halloween, the immortal classic. I've got four thespians today that are going to blow your mind. Let's introduce them. We're going to have a small scene with Loomis out in front of the street in Michael Myers' house at 45 Lampkin Lane. Here are our actors playing the role of the great Dr. Loomis is Rock's greatest Prince of Darkness, Ozzy Osbourne. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here to resort this classic. And I just want to say right now, while I've got this on, that Jack, you are my favorite actor. Mr. Nicholson, I think you're great. Actually, Ozzy, I'm Christian Slater. Right on, Jackie boy. Right on. Moving on. <laughs> Playing the role of Sheriff Brackett. You may have seen him in such films as DC Cab and Silver Bullet. Gary Busey, everyone. I am so happy to be here right now. Sitting next to Ozzy Osbourne. And this weird man in this purple cloak, I don't even know who the hell he is, but I tell you what, I have seen him in a dream. I have seen him in a dream, and I woke up wet. That's all I'm saying. 
Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, next, playing the role of a young boy by the name of Keith. You've known, you saw him here last week. He's straight from Snake Mountain in Eternia. Our good friend Skeletor. <laughs> yes. Hopefully I get to play someone evil. Why is this man touching me? Ah, Jesus Christ. Let's just get this going. I'll be playing the name of, uh, by a kid named Richie. The scene starts. Angle on Loomis. He watches the young boy walk toward the house, unsure whether he should interfere or just watch. Lonnie makes it to the front porch and tentatively steps up to the door. He glances back to his friends in the street. Loomis's point of view moves to the street. Chicken? Go on, Lonnie! Then Loomis's point of view moves back to Lonnie at the front door. The boy turns to open the door. He's scared out of his mind. Loomis quietly stands up behind the hedge. Lonnie! Loomis's point of view, old house. Lonnie spins around and stares in horror at the talking hedge. Get your ass away from there. <laughs> Moving like the wind, Lonnie barrels off the porch and races back to his friends. The three boys hurtle off down the dark street in utter terror. He watches them race away, smiling to himself. Suddenly, two hands enter frame and grab Loomis's shoulders. Loomis jumps and spins around, standing there as Bracket. Jesus! Or you... All right. Sure. Nothing's going on. Just kids playing pranks, trick-or-treating, parking, getting high. I have a feeling that I might have done this last, um, last week. I mean, I have a feeling you're way off on this. You have your own feelings. You're not, you're not coming up with much to prove me wrong. Exactly what do you need? Well, it's going to take more than fancy talk to keep me up all night creeping around these bush. Well, I, I can probably stick around. Hell. I watched him for 15 years. Seeing a rain staring at a wall. Nor seeing the wall. Seen passes, seen this night. He waited for it, inhumanly patient. Hour after hour, day after day, waiting for some solid, invisible alarm to tickle him. Death is come to your sound shelf. You can ignore it. Well, you can help me stop it. <laughs> oh, Christian, if if I may for a moment. What's the problem, Gary? Um, I speak 14 different times, types, excuse me, of drug and knees 
and I can't understand a word he just fucking said. <laughs> um, excuse me. Um, if I may, uh, I talk to a fish and a fucking Sasquatch on a daily basis, and I couldn't make out a word he said either. Just read the fucking lines. Excuse me, oh, what's my motivation? Jesus Christ. Ozzy, you could be looking for your car keys, you could be trying to save the world, or maybe, just maybe, you're trying to stop a fucking killer, okay? Right in, Jackie boy, right in, right. More fancy talk. <laughs> you want to know what Haddonfield is? Families, children, all lined up in rows and down these streets. You're telling me they're lined up for a slaughterhouse? They could be. I'll stay out with you tonight, Doctor. Just on the chance that you're right. And if you're right, damn you for letting him out. Bracket turns and walks back down the street. Loomis watches him for several moments. That does it for this week's episode of Recasting with Christian Slater. Fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, Insane Mike here. It's time for everybody's favorite segment, Insane's Picks. Uh, Going to continue on with our Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. Uh, it'd be great maybe if uh, you guys out there in podcast land, the attackers, what have you, let me know what you were thinking of the Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. I've, um, I'm starting to feel like I need to get back to doing movies, but... I've just barely scraped the tip of the iceberg of people who I feel should be part of the Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. I haven't even got to some of the bigger names yet. Um, but uh, uh, So let me know if you're digging this and I, I'll, I can keep going or I can get back to actually insane pick movies. But for this Hall of Famer, we're going to go with J.R. Bookwalter. J.R. Bookwalter got his start as a regional filmmaker in Akron, Ohio. He was born August 16, 1966. After graduating high school in 84, Bookwalter took photography classes at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. My old al alma mater-ish. I didn't finish. Uh, he left the Art Institute in his second year. Oh, how... how, how uh, similar. Similar, yeah. Um, after his apartment was robbed. Shortly after returning home to Akron, he got in touch with Sam Raimi, who ended up financing his first feature-length film, The Dead Next Door, from 1989, which he is still most well-known for to this day. He was only 19 years old at the time he began making The Dead Next Door. The movie was shot on, su on a Super 8 camera with a budget of $125,000, basically Sam Raimi's paycheck from um, making Evil Dead 2. He just turned around and, and gave it to this kid to make his movie. The production dragged for <clears throat> dragged on for nearly four years 
uh, with the with the help of Sam Raimi's crew, with people like Scott Spiegel playing the part of Richards in the film, and even Bruce Campbell himself redubbing the voice of the lead actor, oddly enough, uh, the character by the name of Raimi. I love The Dead Next Door. It is a low-budget zombie flick that didn't seem to care that it didn't have enough money, and and you get and and get you as much as it possibly could out of the money that it had. Full of gore and action, it doesn't skimp on the hordes of zombies. <clears throat> uh, the whole movie is an example, in my opinion, of HR's perseverance and everything that he did. Um, why can't we have explosions in this movie? Who cares if we don't have enough money? Let's make it happen anyway. And that is my take on Bookwalter's whole film career, even when it comes to, when it came to doing his own film production and distribution company. See, the Dead Next Door was finally being completed in Los Angeles, where Bookwalter ran into David Dakota, um, who, you know, of Creepazoids and Sorority Babes of the Slimeball Bolorama fame. Um, uh, he was a producer who was in the early stages of starting his own distribution company. So from 1989 to 1992, Bookwalter wound up either writing, directing, producing, scoring, or mixing sound for nine features and four special interest videos for David Dakota. In 1991, though, um, Bookwalter took lessons learned from Dakota and started Tempe Video Entertainment, uh, his very own distribution company. Tempe Video was a company where he could self-distribute and produce his features with such films as Robot Ninja from 1989, Zombie Cop from 1991, and Ozone from 1993, just to name a few. Now, I'm a big fan of Tempe Video and started ordering his movies on VHS through the mail back in the day when I learned about Tempe Home Video uh, through Film Threat Video Guide magazine back in the early 90s. Bookwalter has taught himself the ins and outs of low-budget production and has done everything from writing, directing, producing, to acting, editing, makeup, effects, lighting, cinematography, and more. Not only has he worked with such people as Sam Raimi and Dave Dakota, but he also worked with Night of Living Dead co-creator John A. Russo, producing and releasing Russo's Midnight 2 in 1993. He would later work with Charles Ban as an editor, producer, and even director for Full Moon Productions. Now, I am a big fan of J.R. Bookwalter. I, I have always had a love for micro-budget films, especially ones where there is definitely talent, imagination, and drive uh, to let any drive to let and not let anything stand in their way to make their art. Uh, it is definitely the motivation behind my own films, my own filmmaking career, maybe not the talent part, but all of those things are J.R. Bookwalter and why I am a huge fan. That and his films are a lot of fun. So this inductee to Insane, um, Insane's Picks Hall of Fame in this episode is J.R. Bookwalter. And thus concludes this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Thank you all for joining us on this journey throughout the universe. Speaking of out of this world, a special thanks to our guest, Greg Amortis. Greg Amortis. Woo, 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 woo. What's up? Thanks for coming. <laughs> where can people get more of Greg Amortis? Oh, my God. If you want more, uh, landofthecreeps.blogspot.com. Of course, is on here on the network. Uh, you can definitely click on there and check us out. Like I said, we're on episode 240 and uh, just chugging along. We will have our top 10 coming out 
243, 44, 45-ish, something around in there. <laughs> We're still cramming to get them all in. Uh, well, not all, but at least most. Uh, but you can follow us over at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those good places, Letterboxd, Greg and Mortis, just look it up. Um, yeah, and that's, that's kind of where you can get a hold of us. You can always call us at our hotline at 1-804-569-5682, or that's 1-804-569-LOTC, and uh, give us a call, shout out, and all that good stuff. So thank you for the invite. You guys are always, always such a blast. You guys are cool. And oh, I thanks. do do really Thank do you. appreciate the invite. And like I said, we've we've known each other for so freaking long, dude. So long. So long. And it's awesome. You know, and it's great because <laughs> I haven't talked to you and I don't even know how long yeah, it's been. So I, it's been great having you on the show, buddy. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank mm. you. And it had, I don't even remember the last time, dude. It's no, I know it's been way too long. Way too long. Way too long. Yeah. Before Friday thirteenth franchise, I don't remember. I know we did the Friday thirteenth, but I think it's been since then. The I, I, I think there's been one in between there. Yeah, I believe so too. <laughs> <laughs> and Tad and Andy was up. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Thank you all for listening, and talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. And may the force be with you. Oh no! Could this be the end of Attack of the Killer Podcast?